for the past, present, and future of all animals, this is the Zookeeper's Voice with your host, Danny Jirasi. Hello, and welcome to the Zookeeper's Voice. I'm your host, Danny. Today on the Zookeeper's Voice, for his second appearance, we have Tim Morrow, CEO of the San Antonio Zoo. Today's episode will be addressing the global pandemic we are all facing and the real effect on zoos and aquariums, specifically the San Antonio Zoo. Let's take a listen to our chat with Tim Morrow. Today we have a special treat for you. Returning for his second appearance on The Zookeeper's Voice, we welcome back Tim Morrow, CEO of the San Antonio Zoo. Welcome today, Tim. How you doing? Good. Thanks for having me on again. We're, well, we're so happy to have you back. Well, we talked to you a while back and things have changed a lot since then. Yes, the world has uh, completely turned upside down in the last three months, so I can't even remember what has happened in the last three years before that. Oh my gosh, I feel the same way. Well, we wanted to bring you on the show today to talk about the world's current situation dealing with COVID-19 and how it affects places like the San Antonio Zoo. Can you tell us a little bit about what has changed from normal day-to-day operations? Sure. Yeah, we, um, like much of the country, shut down in the middle of March. So uh, the date we closed was March 14th here in San Antonio and instantly lost all of our ability to generate revenue. We're not funded by the city or the county of the the state at this zoo. Um, So we 100% depend on ticket sales and grants and donations to operate. So there was an immediate um, crisis for us as far as going from our regular income to zero. And you know anyone that works at a zoo or visits zoos knows it's uh, there's a lot of work being done all the time to care for the animals and the infrastructure and the habitats. And so, you know, it costs the San Antonio Zoo around three hundred to five hundred thousand dollars a week just to operate. Wow. Um, and so, when we lose that income, we have to make that money back somehow. So we've really um, ramped up some unique events that people have been able to do while we're closed, and products they've been able to buy, and our request for donations, and really telling the story that we're a five hundred one c three here at the zoo. For the day-to-day, the animal care staff, maintenance, it's really the – it's um, they're doing the same thing they would do before, uh, and they've been doing that the whole time. You know, the, the passion that animal care specialists or keepers have is unmatched, and so they're here every day. Um, the, the, the biggest changes we made to that was their schedules where we split our teams in half and had, you know, half of the – I'll just use the mammal team, for example. Half of the mammal team came in Sunday through Wednesday, halfway through the day, and then the other team came in Wednesday through Saturday to keep any – potential for cross-contamination from hitting the staff and really devastating us even further than we already were. Um, And then now we really are looking forward now to um, a reopening. And so that's been our focus the last couple of weeks into this crisis. That's so exciting that you guys are kind of seeing the, like coming to the other side of this. Um, What do you feel has been the most difficult part about maneuvering through this pandemic while running the San Antonio Zoo? Um, For us, it's been really telling the messaging that we are a nonprofit. Um, we've never, never in a hundred years really done a good job of doing that. You know, um, we operate our food service in house, our merchandise in house. Um, everything is in house because we need every penny we can earn. Uh, and, and we're able to operate with the revenues that we generate. And so we haven't had to lean on donors or the city for operational purposes until this, um, struck. And so really it's been a change of our messaging to the public and to the city that uh, as a reminder that we're a nonprofit uh, and we need help, especially we need it now. So, um, and then going forward in the future, I think this will kind of set the foundation for that 
to hopefully try to build up some city funding and more philanthropic support of, of the zoo. Part of the challenge for zoos across the world um, during this was um, there was such a need for health and human services that a lot of the corporations that could do donations or big donors were donating to the human services, which is absolutely necessary and understood. Um, so zoos were kind of left behind, you know, trying to get what donations they could after people were taking care of other people. And then specifically in Texas, um, I know oil is a big part of the economy in Texas, and a lot of our donors and corporations here are, are invested in oil or in the oil business, and um, that dried up. You know, oil went to basically zero, so there was no funding available from those typical sources. And then families with legacy wealth have, you know, a lot of money in the stock market, which also hit rock bottom. So um, it was a triple hit for us as far as philanthropy and the need for us to be operate more like a 501c3 nonprofit than we ever had before during the closure. Yeah. I mean, there are so many things that have been affected by all of this and we don't even think of. And even somebody like me, you know, who has worked in a zoo setting, I didn't even think of the astronomical impact that this could have on places like the San Antonio Zoo. Yeah. And, you know, one of the, the good things about accredited zoos is that, you know, AZA specifically, you have to have a, a, a basically a backup plan for a disaster, but nothing could be nobody could be prepared for what we've seen with this where we're literally closed for 10 weeks with zero income um, and no help available from city funding or anyone else so because everybody was so affected by it so it's been an interesting challenge we've learned a lot we've become much more creative and much more nimble um, than we had been and so we're, we're we are always looking for the positive and bright spots of, of what we're going through and we're finding those um, now and a lot of people have really stepped up here at the zoo to help get us through this yeah and one of the things that you guys stepped up with doing was um, implementing something that I had never seen before. And that was the drive-through zoo, at least until your regular operations could take place. Can you tell us about how that came to be and what the response was like? Sure. We So in the state of Texas, the governor had um, early on stated that he would like to get the state back up and operating as soon as possible. So we had been working almost since the day we closed, we started working on reopening plans and really watching what was happening around the country and the grocery store was the best example of what you were going to be probably heading towards, you know, the way they were spacing people and changing procedures and things like that. So we had really um, four phases of, of opening, you know, if, we, if they let us open it um, with indoor buildings, all closed was one of our phases in our mind of, okay, if they limit capacity was another one, um, a full opening, but with social distancing was one. And so we had all these different scenarios based on trying to be ready for when the governor said we could open. Um, and then one of our, meetings, someone just kind of threw out the idea of, you know, what if we let cars drive through? And we all looked at each other and said, that might work. So we went and drove the route and it was a pretty neat experience. And um, so we had that in our back pocket. We were still assuming that the governor was going to open us when he opened us when he announced phase one. Um, he ultimately did not name zoos. Um, and so we launched our drive through zoo that week uh, on, I think, on a Wednesday afternoon. We were going to do it um, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And it sold out in less than 90 minutes. Oh, so wow. we, we knew we had a good problem on our hands. So then we expanded it for two weeks and we've expanded it two more times since then. So today's the last day because we open tomorrow to the public to walk in again at 25%. But it's been a great um, revenue generator for us while during our closure. You know, basically we're generating some revenue while we're closed, which is really unique. 
And what's been really uh, inspiring to us is to see other zoos pick it up. I know the Toronto Zoo has picked it up, the Phoenix Zoo, um, the Richmond Metro Park Zoo. And so and zoos are so good at sharing information and ideas that we just kind of put it I put it out there to all the directors and some of them picked it up and they're, they're doing really well with it as well. So it's, I'm glad it's helping not only our zoo, but other people. That's so awesome. Now, not only did you guys find some really unique ways to bring in some revenue, I'm sure that the animals also enjoyed a little bit of a different scene. Um, can you tell us a little bit about if any of the animals enjoyed watching the drive through zoo? Yeah, I know specifically the gibbons get really excited at the drive through zoo. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, it's basically almost a parade through the zoo because the cars are pretty close together. But we noticed um, the gibbons and some of the primates were really missing that interaction and enrichment with the guests. Um, and so you walk by as a staff member and you may have been maybe the fourth or fifth person they saw all day. And they were really excited up at the mesh trying to get your attention and keep you engaged at the, at the habitat so you would stay. And um, so we did see them excited about the drive through zoo. And, and that's continued all the way through because, you know, they hear the kids and the cars getting excited. And and so that's uh, all the different kinds of cars coming through. And the, to hear all the people has been enriching for them. And they've been really engaged. I love that because a lot of people think it's just fun for us, but they don't even realize that you guys are also doing something that the animals are loving having those people back in the zoo. Right. And we have a welfare manager as one of our staff members that just does animal enrichment and welfare year round. And she does a great job with working with all the staffs. And that was really picked up during this time, too. It really gave um, animal care staff a lot more time to just focus on animals and habitats because all the all the guest facing things that they do. Uh, among other things that they do, were put aside while we went through this. So um, the animals were all getting extra attention while we were closed, but we do know that some of the species were missing, seemed seemed to be missing that engagement and that enrichment of people uh, being around. Absolutely. Well, tomorrow, uh, May 29th, you guys are opening again to the public. Um, yes. What kind of changes has the San Antonio Zoo implemented as you reopen to the public? The biggest change people will notice is, uh, well, there's two. One is you can't just walk up and buy a ticket anymore or just walk in with your membership. It's going to be reservation-based. So the governor of Texas has allowed us to open at 25% of our capacity um, and then to regulate that and spread the crowd throughout the day so everyone doesn't show up at opening time, uh, we have a reservation system set up. Um, so the first weekend will be members-only reservations. Our members know us the best, and um, it will really help us tweak our, our entire operation. Um, and they're very, they'll tell us <laughs> where we did not do well or what we did well, so that will be nice. Um, <laughs> right. And then we're really – our employees will be wearing masks. We're putting the plexiglass up um, like most places are doing at their cash registers. Um, we're strongly recommending guests wear a mask uh, when they visit the zoo, and that's a, a governor's order, too, um, strongly recommended. And then we'll have the you know extra sanitation stations out. We'll have uh, – we're doing some fun paw prints on the ground to remind people about social distancing and some signage. Um, and then – as far as the experience, you know, most of the zoos outside, so people are going to get that experience. We know that people want to get outdoors. I know people have, uh, that are listening have seen the videos of people at the beaches and places like that. People just want to get back outdoors, and the zoo is a good place for the community to come safely do that, um, especially as we regulate the attendance. And it's going to be so spread out. Some of the smaller exhibits indoor will be closed um, until the next phase, probably of Texas opening, um, which we think we'll hear something maybe in the next week or two on that. But the the overall majority of the zoo will be open and it's open air and it's a big spaces. So it's going to be nice for people to come out and visit again. Absolutely. And it sounds like you guys are taking all the precautions to make sure that everybody involved is going to be safe. Now, why is it more important now than ever for those people who are listening and are like, maybe I should go to the San Antonio Zoo. I want to support you guys. 
Why is it so important for them to be supporting not only the San Antonio Zoo, but if they're listening from further away, to be supporting their local zoos and aquariums? Yeah, a great way to support all the zoos and aquariums wherever you live is, you know, to buy memberships and then if you can become a donor and donate to donate to those facilities. And um, one, it helps um, at, at the very core. It helps with the operation of the zoo and the care of the animals and and, and with the staff. Um, but the global reach that zoos have and aquariums have as far as conservation efforts um, is important to us as as operating the zoo. It's I mean, it's our mission and our vision. So. Um, when people donate or support their local zoo, they're not, you know, just getting a year's worth of um, fun and education by visiting the zoo. They're supporting the operation of that zoo and they're supporting the conservation efforts around the around the world, which is um, critical, especially now during this um, pandemic. Um, conservation efforts have been impacted as well because people are locked down in home con- in every country in the world, which means rangers who are protecting animals are locked down uh, in their houses and poachers are you know, probably not listening to the stay at home order. So. Um, Lots of reasons to get the conservation efforts up and back and running at full speed uh, across the globe and um, to keep your zoo strong financially and to uh, help for improvements. You know, this zoo has a big um, lofty goal of a master plan, about a $200 million master plan, a big expansion. And um, we're going to need our community, you know, help us get out of this hole that, that we're in right now, but then in the future, really build up a bigger, bigger better zoo. Now, for those of our listeners who are, um, wondering how they can support the San Antonio Zoo if they're local or even if they're out of town. What is the best way currently to be able to support you guys? Great question. So the the, the best way, especially someone that's not from San Antonio that wants to contribute, and we have seen people contribute from all over the country to our emergency fund, um, is to visit sazoo.org. And that emergency fund has run for 10 weeks now to try to you know help us get gain back some of the funds that we've lost from being closed. Um, we're still in a multi-million dollar hole. So tomorrow, as we, as we start to transition back into an opening phase and a, and a new beginning of opening, we'll transition that campaign to a recovery campaign. And so people will be able to visit sazoo.org. Right on the top screen will be a pop-up for, would you like to contribute to the um, recovery fund of San Antonio Zoo? So that's the best way people can donate to our zoo and help right now. Wonderful. And last question so that everybody listening can go ahead and follow along with everything that's going on. Where can they find and follow you on social media? And also, where can they find and follow the San Antonio Zoo? Sure. So the San Antonio Zoo has um, a Twitter page. They have We have a Facebook page, and we have an Instagram page, so people can follow us. And I think we're getting into TikTok now, but I'm too old to understand what's happening there. So I, I love <laughs> um, TikTok. <laughs> yes. And then, I mean, a lot of people are having a lot of fun with it. And um, and then for me, I'm on Twitter, Manana Zoo. Um, so it's M-A-N-A-N-A. At Z-O-O, so at Manana Zoo. Um, and then I'm also on Facebook under Tomorrow and um, Instagram under Manana Zoo or Manana Text on Instagram. So a couple of places people can find me. And I love hearing from others, uh, people that work at zoos and being connected to people that work at other zoos. I think that's a lot of fun. Or just zoo fans. Um, there's a lot of people who are just a fan of zoos all over the country and want to know a little bit about everybody. And um, we're excited to tell our story. And we really uh, work hard on social media um, especially during the pandemic, we were really heavy focused on social media, probably six to 10 posts a day with a lot of live animal keeper chats, which were educational for everybody at home. Um, we had um, crafts that people could do from our Will Smith Zoo School teachers. Uh, we even did Zen, Zen Zoo, a yoga a class every morning live on Facebook in front of animal habitats. And so um, there's, we have a big social footprint and presence and we really enjoy doing it, which uh, makes it, I think, fun for people that follow it. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on the Zookeeper's Voice today, Tim. We're excited well, to see. We're excited to see what you guys do next. 
Thank you. Well, hopefully we'll have more great things coming and more news and get to talk some more soon. Sounds great. Today's interview was really eye-opening for me. It was. Especially because when all of this was happening, as terrible as it sounds, I was really focused on myself and my family and my friends and my loved ones. You kind of had to be. Yeah, you have to be. But places like the San Antonio Zoo really need our support right now. They really do. It was mind-blowing to hear Tim say, you know, they were pretty much running out of money during this whole thing. And they, they, uh, they stay afloat, you know mainly from the help of ticket sales and, you know, event sales and things like that. And when that stuff isn't going on, you know, there's potential for the zoo to lose all of their money. And that would be a terrible thing. And it's not just like they need to pay rent like we do. Right. They need to be taking care of, yeah. you know, the, the needs of the animals. They need to be making sure that all of their needs are met because that's what they do. They take such wonderful care of their animals. And fortunately, they have somebody as creative and awesome as Tim Morrow. He's heading so up great. the helm, you know, coming up with these great ideas and him and his team or, you know, this drive through zoo sounds like a spectacular idea. Yeah. I would love to go do that. Yeah. Well, luckily they got to open recently. So if you're listening and you're close to the San Antonio Zoo, definitely make sure that you reach out, get your annual passes, make donations, help support your local zoo. But also if you're not close to the San Antonio Zoo, I hope that one thing that you take from this interview is please, please, please support your local zoos and aquariums because they need it now more than ever. And I know this is a scary time for us. It's a scary time for them too. And like Tim said, you know, they rely on us more than ever. And, you know, they they do such great work, we need to be supporting them. So I really hope that bringing Tim on the show, that people hear his message, and even if they're not local, that they take that to wherever they are locally, and they're able to help support the animals and the people who need it most. Thank you so much for joining us today on this special episode of The Zookeeper's Voice. Please rate and subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you download your favorite podcasts. And be sure to stay up to date with all the happenings here at The Zookeeper's Voice on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and thezookeepersvoice.com. For the past, present, and future of all animals, this has been The Zookeeper's Voice. We'll see you next time.